Welcome to September Sisters. I'm Abby, the older sister. And I'm Hannah, the younger sister. This is the podcast where two sisters, who also happen to be friends, chat about books, life, and childhood. Thanks for joining us. Abby. Hey, Han. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) It's going so good. How are you? I'm good. Um, My cat Penny is actually snugged up next to me today, which is the first time ever of us recording where she's like just chilling here. We have a guest host today. I know. Such a good girl. And the sun shining, it was thundering a few minutes ago, very loudly, but that has stopped and the sun is out. I don't think it rained, or if it rained, it was very short. It poured here. Oh, did it? Absolute torrential downpour. Did you get thunder and lightning too? Well, thunder, yes. I didn't see any lightning, but where there's thunder, there's typically lightning. So <laughs> one can infer. Yeah. And I had laundry out on the line that I had to run in. <laughs> typical that's fun (laughs) the one day i put laundry on the line yeah it was not supposed to thunderstorm today but you know it's a hot august day guess it yep it's to be expected you know it's so funny as much as i love giving the quote-unquote weather report Uh um i never know what the weather's gonna be any given day (laughs) i don't i don't look up the weather I literally just look out the window. Just like to be taken by surprise. I guess so. <laughs> I feel like I've always been this way, though. Like, I've never, never, I always don't plan accordingly. Like, <laughs> is there a person who's caught without an umbrella with the wrong jacket? I'm literally the one caught in the wrong seasonably appropriate outfit. <laughs> Whereas I check the weather religiously and still end up being wrong somehow. Like I, I it's going to rain. So I bring an umbrella, I wear a raincoat yeah. and then it's like hot and dry and I'm like boiling <laughs> or I think it's supposed to be warmer. So I wear like a lighter coat and then it's right. freezing. Right. You, so you can't, can't win, win really. Especially not in New England. You yeah, that's win. true. Blink and the weather changes. Yes. Very so true. <laughs> well, uh, did we have any fact checking in last did. episode? Yes. Can we you one can you check fact. our facts for yes, us? I can. So I have to, I think, play it like I did last time. Oh, is it another pronunciation? Yes. Let's see if it's shocking. Saved. I know. This is the thing: as readers, you read all these words all the time, but you often don't know how to pronounce them oh i heard actually of a website of course now i'm not going to remember the name of it i'll put (laughs) it in fact check for next week um but it's a it's a website where you it's it's for that purpose like if you've only ever read a word (gasps) and you can type in the word and it'll tell you how to pronounce it oh that's great well this the word we had was e x p l o i t a t i v e making use of a situation or treating others unfairly in order to gain an advantage or benefit. So here's I'll play the pronunciation. Exploitative. Ah. Yep. Exploitative. Mhm. Cool. And that is the fact check for this week. <laughs> well, thank you. Ooh, it's called I did find it. That was oh, so hard. Oh, let me write it down then. 
because there's no other opportunity for me to write down this information no, like, later. <laughs> no, you have to write it, it down now. Every time. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh my gosh. It's called forvo.com. F-O-R-V-O. The okay. pronunciation dictionary. Hmm. So let's see. I'll search for exploitative. That is really, really clever. I mean, of course, I feel like nowadays, like, there's just Google, you know, but that's a really cool concept. Yeah. Oh, so different users. It's like, it's like an open source, it looks like. Is it like Wikipedia? Kind of. Let's see. (laughs) Exploitative. Oh. And then we have mail. Exploitative. So. Huh. Interesting. That's very interesting. So now you know. That's cool. You know, I wonder if Penny's purrs are going to pick up on the audio. I can't hear them, I can't hear but them. it's possible. You can move your mic like really close to it. <laughs> See. Hey, was it ASMR? Yeah. Cat ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> that, and she has like a little bell on her collar. So if you hear a little <laughs> tinkling, that's her bell. <laughs> oh, I just heard thunder. I got, I got laundry back out on the line. I got to keep oh, an eye on the skies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pause if you have to rush out. I should just like, keep our listeners leave it running. Yeah, no, you just talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when we'll do the cat ASMR. If I go running, then you can just put your mic next to Penny. That'll that'll be the time that Penny's done with snuggles. Yeah. <laughs> like, peace out. You're on your own. Speaking of being done. I am so ready to be done with this book. <laughs> We're just becoming a theme. <laughs> the books that we read, we get to the end, and Anna is ready to move on. Well, I was ready with the last one. I was ready with this one, too. I think I, I think I said this last week, too. I think it's – I'd almost rather read bigger chunks mm-hmm. than – and have it be a shorter time spent on the book. Yeah than to spread it out because I feel like there's only so much that we can say right when you're reading the same book yeah you know because like for a room with a view the same themes kept popping up and just manifesting in a different way and so we I feel like we just talked about the same things and it was very interesting but by the end it's like okay we've talked about this for three weeks and this last one so maybe we'll just have to do that moving forward is Read bigger chunks. Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely worth considering. Because, yeah, I liked reading the whole second part just in one chunk. You know what we also need? What? You need a win, my friend. I do. You need a win. I do. Um, (laughs) I think that's probably just subliminally, like, why I haven't been enjoying these books is because I did not pick them. It's like self-sabotage. I, I will know. not have fun. I know. Well, A Room with a View, to be fair, you did want to read that book. True. And I – well, see, I think the, the problem is, is I knew I knew I wasn't going to like this one. Yeah. Like, there was a reason I hadn't watched the movie. Yeah. There's a reason that I hadn't picked up the book. Um, and I think it just goes to show that I – I do know my own taste pretty yeah. well. Um, and I am always – happy to be proven wrong when it comes especially to anything sort of uh media or or art based 
you know, I like it when things surprise me or when my expectations are sort of subverted in a way. And there certainly was things about this book that I really did enjoy that I didn't necessarily expect to enjoy. Um, So I certainly do not ever go into it with like, well, I don't think I'm going to like it. So I refuse to like anything about it. You know, I I would much rather be proven wrong than proven right. Well, you were definitely a good sport on this one because it wasn't your first pick. Hey, I, you know, I try not to be closed-minded. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I, I am a very open-minded person. That's because I am stubborn, and I choose. I'm very. I'm very. Um, I wouldn't even say that I'm stubborn. I would say that I am very specific and particular in how I choose to spend my time, and I. I'm not going to subject myself to something that I know is going to be unpleasant. (laughs) I am, again, willing to be proven wrong, which is why I read this stupid book. (laughs) Not a stupid book. But that's true. It's not. But there are some things where I'm like, I'm just not willing to um, (laughs) put myself through things that I know are not going to be good for my own mental health. I don't know why you're laughing at me because you're making it sound like I'm lying. I'm not. You're not not lying. No. Just because I'm picky does not mean I'm closed-minded. That's fair. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) What What would you rate this book now that you've finished it? I, I would say a conditional recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did really enjoy Juliet as a protagonist. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the convention of a collection of letters more than I thought I would like we talked about when we first started. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, I think it is a tricky style to do well, and I think that it was done very effectively in this book. But I would say that if World War II is not your thing, yeah, um, then give it a miss because it's such – well, I mean, like, obviously it's such an integral part of the setting, but right. it is so dominant in the experiences of the characters yeah. that if you have a difficult time with that subject matter – then I think there are other books that you could enjoy a lot more. I don't think this one is like a must read. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think this section was interesting because I feel like it was, there was harder content in this last section. You know, because we last week, I know, yeah, yeah, I skimmed a lot of this because I'm just like, you know what? I can't. I, I just, it's too sad. It's, it's too real. It was a lot, it was a lot heavier this section was a lot heavier. Yeah, I know. That section was, was even heavier than the first section. Yeah, so it, it, it got, got heavier, heavier and heavier as the book went on. Uh huh. Until like the end, and then there was like a happy ending. Yeah, but even that, it kind of comes after such a hard. It's so sad, and with the introduction of the new character, the the French woman who knew Elizabeth yeah. in prison. I don't know how you pronounce that name, even though I I speak a smattering of French. I'm not. Is it just Remy, you think? That's what I was thinking. That's how yeah. I read it. <laughs> um, Remy. Um, yeah. You know, her experience is so tragic. And even just, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast. But something that really 
affects me very deeply is um, when things aren't fair. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, do you remember? I know we were talking about this <laughs> when we did the quizzes, but movie Robin Hood, the animated Robin Hood. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's near the beginning of the movie and Robin Hood's like doing his Robin Hood thing. And it's yeah. the family of rabbits and mm. it's the oldest rabbit's birthday. And his yep. mother has trimmed together one coin for his birthday present. And the <laughs> sheriff comes and takes his one coin for taxes. And he goes, but it was my birthday present. I cannot think about that scene without getting like horrifically upset because this family has nothing. This kid has nothing. He has one birthday present and it is this one coin and it is taken from him. And it does not matter that Robin Hood comes by not five minutes later and gives the family a sack of coins and gives the kid his hat as a birthday present. Does not matter. That makes no difference. It's so unfair. It makes me cry at the drop of a hat. So the fact that, and I guess because we've managed to be pretty spoiler free in our talking of this book, I won't go into specifics, but the injustice of the timing surrounding Elizabeth's fate, which you find is so unfair. Yeah. And in order to change it, she would have had to go against who she was as a person. Right. But it's like in that moment, you you wish she had managed to be just a little bit selfish. Yeah. And it's just so, so unfair. But I did like the ending and I like the way that we are told the ending. <laughs> yes. I thought that was fun. And just like the fact that Isola is like being an amateur sleuth and she's being miss marple yeah i thought that was cute and um and the fact (laughs) she gets it all wrong yeah but then because she she gets it all wrong she bumbles her way into being a little bit of a matchmaker right and um so i thought that was sweet and then the (laughs) thing that she's like listening and and being like respectable and not like spying and watching yeah so you're kind of left to imagine what she's witnessing I thought that was really really sweet so I was of course very pleased with the ending and I loved the way that Juliet sent Mark packing oh yes because worse not only was that the right thing to do but the way that she did it was great oh he's piece of work the fact that she told him not to come and then he comes anyways and expects her to be happy and then it's just total ugh. yeah well i mean it just it just goes to show you like you know that he's the the authors take very specific moments to highlight how he's selfish and he's Mm -hmm. not thinking about her and he's just so full of himself and what he believes his reality to be yeah he's not paying attention like when he does visit her he doesn't like ask about how things are going right you know or inquire about like how she's feeling about things or how she's doing or i mean anything like he's just there to get her to do what he wants her to do no that's a really good point he's just so completely self-absorbed yeah. and still very much operating on the assumption that like she's just oh whoops sorry <laughs> <laughs> That she's just being stupid and that she'll yeah. come around and realize that he, you know, and I loved what she said. I think she was writing 
she running to Sophie about? She wrote back and back, I think, Sophie and Sydney. So it was in one of those, I think. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Can't find it. <laughs> oh, and Kit showed her her box of treasures. Also, we're not spoiler free. So I think oh, we've we just more spoiler free than we have been. Oh, I, think I mean, it's still I mean, very much a spoiler podcast, but okay. I just um, wasn't going to go into like a ton of detail because we've been fairly like general yeah. about things, you know. Well, I think um, we should do a recap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> Stuff happens, but you know, happily ever after, blah, blah, blah. I think um, I think we could provide a little more detail because basically we're not like ta- like we're talking around what happens, but I think we could talk about what happens. Where the heck right? is it? There's just too many gosh darn letters in this thing. <laughs> I can't. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You got it. Yeah. So she is writing to Sophie, and she mm-hmm. says, "Well, first she kicks him out and says she never wants to see him again." He's like, "Why?" Right. Um, he tried to argue with me, then to coax me, then to kiss me, then to argue me with me again, but it was over and even Mark knew it. For the first time in ages, since February when I met him, I was completely sure that I had done the right thing. How could I ever have considered marrying him? One year as his wife, and I'd have become one of those abject, quaking women who look at their husbands when someone asks them a question. Mm-hmm. I've always despised that type, but I see how it happens now. And I'm just like, good for you, Juliet. You saw it. You stuck up for yourself. I mean, just the fact that, like, she tells him to get out, and he still tries to kiss her. Like, dude, yep. read the room. Like, yeah, no, because yeah. he's too full of himself. Ugh, the worst. Yeah. Just like Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I, but I do. Oh, that's love- what we can call this podcast. <laughs> Mark, it's the worst. Just like Cecil. Oh, that's better. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the fact that, you know, he is so assertive. Yeah. Which, you know, like we were talking about, there's nothing inherently wrong with sort of the archetype that his character could have been as far as like, you know, sweeps her off her feet, dashing hands and blah blah blah. But the fact that he has no oh oh um Sydney described it really well when yes, he was talking I to wrote Sophie. That down. Oh, do, okay, then you say it. Oops, I, so I didn't write down the quote. I just oh, write that I like I liked how Sydney describes Mark. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. It's great. Um it's, take me another it's after minutes. page 165 and before page 214 if that's helpful. Okay, well that definitely <laughs> narrows it down. Um oh, oh, okay. Here it is. He wants Juliet because she's pretty and intellectual at the same time, and he thinks they'll make an impressive couple. If she marries him, she'll spend the rest of her life being shown to people at theaters and clubs and weekends, and she'll never write another book. Yep. It will be the end of our (laughs) Juliet. Yeah. So glad she escaped that fate. But I do think it's funny. So what I was trying to say is that on the one hand, you have Mark, who's very self-assured and assertive and um, very much a go-getter. And then on the other hand, you have Dozzie, who is also clearly in love with Juliet and is willing to never do anything about it yeah. because he thinks that she has this other 
guy in her life. Right. And so it takes Juliet just kind of putting it all out there for him to be like, oh, thank goodness. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Right. But like he probably was never going to act on that as long as he thought that she was, right. was like, not available. So he had some honor and some decency and was willing to set aside his own wants right. and desires for her. He was like a little too much of a gentleman. Yes. Because it's like, okay, dude, like, you know, you're right for her. Like you could at least try. Right. Say something. Like George, who was like, you know, it would be one thing if you just didn't love me, but don't marry this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Please not that one. Anyone but Cecil. That's so funny. Um, (laughs) Oh, so kind of off that point, what I really liked about Juliet's decision, because she, you know, she goes back and forth between these two guys. Like, she's kind of figuring out her own feelings, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mark's being overbearing, and Dazie's doing nothing, mm-hmm. and at the same time, she's figuring out her own life and kind of mm-hmm. deciding for herself that she actually doesn't want to be in London. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's what she wants. She's not being swayed by someone else. And then she falls in love with Kit and with Guernsey. And she decides that what she really wants is she wants to live on Guernsey. She wants to adopt Kit. And that's where she wants to be. And it's really Mm -hmm. a decision not made with any other man in mind. Because at the time, she's done with Mark. And she doesn't think she's getting anywhere with Dazie, even though she loves him. Yeah. And I really... I liked that, you know, you could obviously see where the book's going and that, sure. you know, they're going to end up together. But I liked how the the steps of it were almost, you know, she figures out herself and what she wants and pursues that versus having someone pushing their agenda on her. Yes. And she has that freedom and autonomy. And I, I really liked that. I did too. And the fact that she makes her decision which could have just been a decision between two men and instead in a way chooses based on her love for kit mm-hmm. and her own like you were saying like her own yeah best what's best interest. for kit yeah and so finding a community finding a place to belong supersedes her romantic interests but then at the same time she's able to enjoy a romantic relationship at the end of the day but it wasn't contingent upon her decision like she she was able to have freedom to choose apart from that and so i thought that was nice that she didn't end up getting her happy ending with Dazie until after she had made her decision right. about her own life. And the mm-hmm. fact that she's, you know, she's still going to be a writer. Cause like, you know, that's Sydney's point. Like if she marries Mark, she'll never write another book. Mm-hmm. And she loves to write and she is right. a writer. And so the life that she's choosing allows her to have a family, to have a community, to have peace mm-hmm. and to be a writer. Right. So I thought she, and the fact that, you know, it's, It's Juliet's story, but it's also, in a way, Elizabeth's story. Mm, And you were spot on last week with that. And the fact that she ends up writing her book with Elizabeth as the center. And in a way, not that she's taking Elizabeth's place, but Juliet's happy ending is the life that Elizabeth had, had dreamed about. 
that she was kind of pursuing for herself that she wasn't able to have with the man she loved and her daughter, but that Kit is going to have the life that Elizabeth wanted her to have, even though Elizabeth can't be there to give it to her herself. Right. It's almost like Julia is like a legacy. You know, and I liked how she was really treasuring like Elizabeth's story and Mm -hmm. life and celebrating it and and not exploiting it not exploiting it and not trying to replace it. You know, it's not like she's like coming in to take over. It's just this thing that naturally happens. And she just, you know, falls in love with these people and finds her place and where she's, you know, wants to be. But I think especially for Kit, like she's going to grow up with this amazing book about her mom and this legacy is being left. Mm-hmm. Um, and know. the fact that she's being raised by a woman who respects her mother and who is going to want her to understand who her mother was yeah. and not like erase her memory and and take over you know but instead pass that on to her daughter um yeah. and one thing that i really loved was that when she's describing elizabeth's house to sydney she mentions that you know elizabeth only had a couple hours to move all of her stuff from the the big house that the Germans were taking over into this cottage mm-hmm. and that she hardly took anything except for armfuls and armfuls of books. Mm-hmm. And so just like Juliet had her books so precious to her and filling right. her flat that Elizabeth's cottage was full of the same thing. And just that mm-hmm. kind of parallel that like her, her, well, like you were saying, her legacy is safe with Juliet. Yeah. Like the, the things that Elizabeth prioritized, Juliet will too. Right. Um, so yeah, so I thought it had a very sweet ending, even though there was an awful lot of bitter throughout the rest of the book. Yeah. You know, it, it had the happiest ending it was going to have. And I was right about what happened to Elizabeth. Gold star yes. for me. Like, like <laughs> very spot on. <laughs> well, like I said, like, that's the whole point. Like if, uh, if she had come back to Guernsey, yeah. then what's Juliet going to do? Like right. go back to London and be sad forever? Like. I don't think right. there's not room enough on Guernsey for the both of them. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> so. Well, it was a beautiful ending. And what's kind of an interesting parallel is that I read the afterword in this oh. book, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming you haven't read. I did not. <laughs> um, which makes it might have say got... much more fun. <laughs> uh-huh. I might have gotten to it eventually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> so Mary Ann Schaefer um, spent years of her life writing this book and doing mm. a ton of research, and it kind of was like happenstance that she got onto this, like kind of discovered Guernsey and created this story, mm-hmm. and she ended up writing most of it and then getting very sick with cancer, Aww. and she asked her niece and Barrows or Barrows um, to take over the writing for her because she knew that she wouldn't be able to finish it. Aww. And so she did. She passed away and or Annie um, took over and finished the book and wrote it. And it was Marianne's like dream to have a published book. Mm. And so she did. She got, you know, her published book. She knew it was going to be published. Um, and I don't think she lived to see like how well received it was. Um, so it's kind of this like, oh no, are you crying? <laughs> so sorry. Oh, Han. <laughs> it's really sweet. 
I know it's so sweet. And you know what? The parallel like only hit me when you were talking about like the legacy. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what the authors, you know, like she carried on this legacy and it has been like a widely acclaimed book and, and a movie and people love it. And I did. I mean, I, I loved, I loved the book and as a reread, it was delightful to reread it. Um, I wonder if that was the original ending. Yeah, I don't know. There wasn't like really specifics. It sounded like the bulk of the book was like, was done, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like tied together. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually, so Annie like writes in the back, um, you know, that I saved it here. Um, she writes, um, I've heard from people who want to know if Mary Lamb really stabbed her mother with a carving knife. Yes. (laughs) And people who want to make potato peel pie, I advise against this. (laughs) And people who want to read another book written in letters, Daddy Longlegs. Oh. (laughs) A classic. I know. So just very, there's a very, very sweet bittersweet afterward to kind of give like some more um context for the book and i i did think it was interesting like just how heavily researched this book was you know Mm. it's not just like a fluffy book of letters like a lot of love and time and energy went into writing this book yeah with the history of it so i thought that was neat that is neat i'm sorry i made you cry (laughs) that's okay (laughs) I'm very emotional, as previously established. <laughs> well, moving on. So, yeah. <laughs> that was the book. Yeah. On to the next. Did um, you ever check with your friend if that was this was the book she wanted oh, no, to read? She, you know what? I'm going to text her. I meant right to now. ask you that, I think, last week. Yeah. And I forgot. Let's see if she texts me back. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll add it to the fact check for next week. Well, switching gears to something very, very exciting. This is mm, probably mm. my favorite part of our podcasts. Oh, yeah. Is the pitching of the next book. <laughs> and do you want to do that before you do recommendations? Because recommendations are kind of like tagged on at the end, right? Or do yeah, you want to do... I can't do... remember what order we've done it in our other pitching episodes. I don't remember. So what do you, what do you want to do this week? Let's pitch first and then recommend. Okay. Do you, whose turn is it to go first? I, we think really, <laughs> I think it's your turn to go first because I went first for Agatha Christie. Yeah. You went first for Room with a View. Yeah. And okay. I went first last week. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Unless you want me to go first. <laughs> Depending, it depends on how you feel like your book pitch is. Like, where do you want it? Do you want it first Gosh, or second? you know what? We, this is, I, I can't give it that much thought. I will just pitch first. That's my turn. Okay. So this is a uh, childhood favorite of both of ours. So this is a reread. However, I have not read it in probably a decade. (gasps) Don't think I've read it since I was in college. And so I was thinking, you know, kind of like we were joking around the past two books have not been like my absolute favorite. So I wanted (laughs) a book that I remember very fondly and I don't know how it stands up to my adult sensibilities oh so so there's a little bit of risk involved because dun, like, dun, am dun. i going to love it as much now as i remember because i remember reading it over and over as a kid really so, the book that i am pitching well i'm gonna um <laughs> wait is it mentioned 
It's not. Okay. I'm going to read you the synopsis and see if you can guess. Oh my like if gosh. you remember. Did I book. read it? Yeah. You're the one who told me about it. I borrowed huh. it from you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Newly orphaned Peggy Graham is caught off guard when she first arrives at her family's ancestral estate. The Enchanted her Castle? Ex- nope. Although that is a good one. And I love it. E-, e. Nesbitt, right? Is that yeah, that yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another one I got to reread. I don't own that one. Me though. too. Okay. okay, I do. Um, her eccentric uncle Enos drives away her only new acquaintance, Pat, a handsome British scholar, then leaves Peggy to fend for herself. But she is not alone. The house is full of mysteries and ghosts. Soon, Peggy becomes involved with the spirits of her own colonial ancestors and witnesses the unfolding of a centuries-old romance against a backdrop of spies and intrigue and the <gasps> battles plotted and foiled. History has never been so exciting, especially because the ghosts are leading Peggy to a romance of her own. The Sherwood Ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sherwood <laughs> Ring by Elizabeth Marie Pope. I, I love Oh, I remember loving that book. Me too. So I really want to still love it. And because I know that we read it independently, but I don't remember talking about this book a lot as kids. So I don't really like know what your thoughts were. I don't know if we liked the same things about it. If we did talk about it, I don't remember. So that's why I thought it would be fun to reread it together now. You know, that, that was a great option. That would also be a quick read because Mm -hmm. that's like. We could probably just read that like once. Like in we one probably week. could. I would not be opposed to that. That'd be well. That's a good try. start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean reading it in one go. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's a semi-successful pitch right there. Not opposed. Oh, Excellent. I would love to read that book again. I have that um, on my bookshelf. It made it through all my moves and various and the sundry travels and Mm -hmm. I still have it and yeah I want to say it's probably been over 15 years so do for a reread yeah okay that's good all right I think you're gonna be grumpy with me with my pick because I think you're gonna want to read it and then you're gonna be annoyed (laughs) yeah we'll see (laughs) all right it's very optimistic of you I'm gonna show you this Yep. I didn't know. Oh, oh I'm so mad. I was afraid you'd be. I'm so sorry. I can take it back and make oh, another one. Another one. So, no. Okay, read me what it's about. So for those, obviously, who can't see, it is by the same author of one of my favorite books, and I did not know that she had another one out. So... It's called The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because that's fun to listen to. <laughs> so I'll probably just edit that out, but I'll keep, like, a silence in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Far beneath the surface of the earth, upon the shores of the starless sea, there's a labyrinth, labyrinthine... How, how do we say that Labyrinthian? Word? labyrinthian collection of tunnels and rooms oh, wait i'll look it up on my fancy new filled with stories okay i'll pause it's labyrinth and then ine riveting content <laughs> quick hold them hold the mic up to penny <laughs> wait what did i say the website was it's gone <laughs> penny's gone <laughs> 
It's no, I Corvo. Found it, I, found it, I found it. I found it. <laughs> you need to favorite it. <laughs> well, you always do the fact checking. <laughs> wow, you actually found a word not on Corvo. <laughs> totally. I think it's labyrinthian. Dun, dun, dun. Labyrinthian. Or not. Labyrinthian. Okay. The entryways that lead to this sanctuary are often hidden, but those who seek will find. Their doors have been waiting for them. Zachary Ezra Rollins is searching for his door, though he does not know it. When he discovers a mysterious book in the stacks of his campus library, he begins to read and is entranced. Suddenly, a turn of the page brings Zachary to a story from his own childhood. A bee, a key, and a sword emblazoned on the book lead Zachary to two people who will change the course of his life. Mirabelle, a fierce pink-haired painter, and Dorian, a handsome barefoot man with shifting alliances. Amid twisting tunnels filled with books, gilded ballrooms, and wine-dark shores, Zachary falls into an intoxicating world soaked in romance and mystery. But a battle is raging over the fate of this place, and though there are those who would willingly sacrifice everything to protect it, there are just as many intent on its destruction. As Zachary, Mirabelle, and Dorian venture deeper into the space and its histories and myths, searching for answers in one another, a timeless story unspools, casting a spell of pirates, painters, lovers, liars, and ships that sail upon a starless sea. Yeah, I really want to read that. Yeah, I am. I am terribly sorry have you read it i have not read it one of my good friends who also loves the night circus she and you want me to reread the night circus (laughs) and uh so she started this one and was telling me about it and said it was really good and i thought maybe i would read this one and then later reread the night circus because josh is going to read the night circus because that's right up his alley his type Mm -hmm. of book so i think i'll reread it like when around the time that he reads it yeah so anyways okay well i i have a proposal Mm -hmm. because i do not own that one okay so i think we should spend one week reading the sherwood ring yes so just read the whole book this next week do a one-off on the sherwood ring and then read the starlet Mm -hmm. that's a great idea well actually your birthday's coming up so do you want me to get it for you for your birthday okay (laughs) <laughs> since we can't do our normal birthday oh i know exchange so abby and i have a tradition that we established oh a long time ago when we were was it when i was no, it? What? no. <laughs> <laughs> bad joke just left um, <laughs> it was when i moved back home after college because i think i think so yeah because it was mm. after no, I think it was when you were in college because we would go in the summertime because you weren't huh. home around our birthdays or we would go. Maybe. We really should have made, well, I don't think we realized it was going to be as long standing a tradition as it was when we inaugurated it. So yeah. we didn't well, make special note of it. And it's kind of like transformed a little bit. Like it started where we kind of got to the point where we were like, surprising each other with presents doesn't really make a lot of sense and we really just want to spend time together so we would go out to lunch or dinner and then go shopping and buy each other presents right and then it evolved into still going out to lunch or dinner but instead of swapping gifts that we shopped for yeah we would go see a live artistic event like a play or 
Musical. a concert or something like that. Which, because everything is like shut down until next year, can't really can't really do that. So we'll just have to go to two next year. There we go. We have no choice. So yeah. So you should send me a book that's on your list, and okay. I'll get that for you. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> I feel like I want to like reread the Night Circus before I read that. Like I know that they're not connected. It's not a yeah. series, but still just kind of like get myself back in like the her World. style of writing. That sort of Well, like, it's nice cuz her book, it's been out for a little while, but it's it's now out in paperback. Nice. So, it looks like a, a hefty one. It is hefty. Do you want oh, hardcover or softcover? Oh, paperback. Paperback. I like being able to Actually, bend it. That's a good question. What's your preference in general? So that that is a good question. Um, if it is a book that I kind of want for aesthetic purposes, like it's a, a nicer edition of a book that I know that I love, but I'm not going to read a ton, yeah. then I like hardcover. Like I have a really nice hardcover version of The Complete Works of Shakespeare. I have mm. one of The Secret Garden and, you know, those books that I love, but I'm not going to read like every year. But if yeah. it's a book that I I know that I'm going to read a lot, then I like paperback just because it's easier to throw in a bag or, or handle when you're reading, you know, because I like to read in bed and I feel yeah. like paperbacks are easier to sort of maneuver into a comfortable stance when you're like on your side and hanging half off the bed, yeah. you know, hardcover books hurt more when they land on your face. hundred <laughs> percent. But I will always always choose a physical copy over uh, a digital copy yeah yeah I'm actually I'm the same I I've done more ebooks because I like to have one going all the time so that I can if I'm out somewhere and want to pull it up on my phone sure or sometimes at night like if I have the kindle then I can read it without like a glare from my phone or having like a light on yeah. Which is nice. But yeah, I definitely prefer actual books. And I like soft cover over hardcover all the time. I mean it's easier to read. They are so much easier to read. And like I'll I'll get hardcover books, but sure. Paperbacks are easier. <laughs> I mean like I have a hardcover edition of the Sherwood Ring. Yeah. But I, I don't do hold too. it against it. <laughs> I'm very excited to reread that. It's been so long. I just remember. What if we both so hate good. it? I know, I know. I am a little concerned. <laughs> well, I think that's why it'll be good to just like read it all in one sitting. I I'm trying to think because I it's a little bit of a mystery. Like there's mm -hmm. something that like has to be figured out. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the key clues. Which I won't say because I'm not yeah, don't because I don't. I remember some. I remember one of the because um, it's about spies in the American Revolution. Yeah, and I remember there being a code, and I know what. Yes, the, I know what the code is. Oh, that's what I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> then cool. we would we would take that code and we would yeah. make our own things with it. Uh huh. <laughs> like you do. Yes, but that's really all I remember. And I remember, I mean, I remember kind of the ghostly aspect yeah. of it. I yeah. feel like there was like, are there fairies in it? No. Okay. No, that might be from the Enchanted Castle. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> they do, I feel like one, I read both of these books for the first time around the same time. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of similarities. Okay. And sort of tone and content. So I 
I get some of them swapped. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I remember what's funny is because it's a present day girl learning about the past. And so you kind of have these simultaneous plots going on. I remember how the modern day story ends. Okay. Kind of. I remember one part of the ending. I don't remember how the past ends. And I remember nothing. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. That'll be fun too because like I'll block off like a chunk of time and I'll just sit and read. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Because it's only, it's 266 pages, but they like don't, like they don't fill the whole page. Yeah. No, it's like a kid's the, It's got kind of wide margins in the typefaces. Yeah. But it's, so it's, and it's a quick read. Like it's basically a YA book. Mm, which isn't it like, wouldn't you call classified as like a middle grade? High middle grade, low YA. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of like 14 year olds would love it. Yes. <laughs> That's probably how old we were when we read it. I think it was. <laughs> Which is why it's over 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've read it since. I, so oh, it's not quite see, as long. I have not read it since. Let's hope it stands the test of time. I know. You know, it'd be another fun one to read that I feel like is in a similar vein where <laughs> we both, I read it first. I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong. I think I read it first and gave it to you and you really liked it. The Goose Girl. Oh, yes. Yes, because that's that's another our third sister <laughs> kind of tie-in. Because you loved it, I didn't want to read it. Oh. It's one of Chelsea's favorite books. Really? So then Chelsea was the one who got me to read it, and then okay. I was like, "Oh, by the way, Abby, you were right. Like this book." I thought you read it when you were younger. Mm-mm. That's so funny. No. Did you finish the series? Because there's no, four books I just in read the, the series. Yeah, I read all four. They were all very good, but. The Goose Girl is. The yeah. Goose Girl is the only one I own, even though I like the other ones. Like, I wouldn't go out and buy the other ones. Well, and funny story about that. <laughs> I actually own your original copy. Oh, really? And you have a replacement because I borrowed yours and then I spilled stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I bought you a new one. I, I told you about it. It wasn't I, like a cover-up. but Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I did that with one of my friend Nicole's books. She lent it to me, and I spilled coffee, I think, all over it or something. Yes. Yeah. Hazards I spilled, of borrowing books. I know. And I did. And she was like, you did not have to buy me one. And I was like, yes, I yes, did. Yes, I did. It's really bad. I know. It's all like warped. Can't, yep. I don't know what shelf it's on, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I was like, mm. It's so funny. <laughs> Oh, that's very exciting. You know, this is the best of both worlds because we'll do both There books. we go. So we both win. And I, I'm very proud of myself because it's a book that I, like, knew you'd actually like regardless of what mood you were in. <laughs> Which is a tricky, tricky task. I mean, <laughs> yes. Despite our track record with pitches, it, this is yeah. very unusual. Ooh, ooh, breaking news. Yes. Chelsea says yes. <laughs> Breaking news. That's great. Well, because the text alert came across my laptop. So it was like a, like a news. <laughs> that's that's funny. Now, is she going to make you watch the movie with her? She doesn't have that kind of power. <laughs> she has influence, but you know. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the movie. 
<laughs> I was like gonna like try to come up with like one of those just like pleasantries right. of like oh no right. I, like, I, I couldn't even muster it <laughs> no <laughs> oh my gosh I know well definitely not asking you to watch it with me <laughs> yeah good call good call this okay so that's another thing about the Sherwood ring yeah is because you I mean we had ki- we had kids. We had move. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we had books when yes. we were kids that we wanted to be made into movies so we could be in them. Like, remember how <laughs> devastated you were when? Well, we both were when the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe came out when we that were like the and right Ella age. Enchanted. Yeah, and so this is one that I wanted so badly to be a movie so yeah. I could be in it. I missed, missed my window. I know. I don't think they ever made a movie out of that one, huh? No, but it would be a good movie, don't you think? Well. From your vague recollection. <laughs> literally that'll be, that'll, be, <laughs> that'll be a question for next week. So, Abby, do you think this would make a good movie? <laughs> now that you remember what happens. Did you see my wheels turning? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know, actually. I, I literally don't remember the <laughs> remember when I read it having such strong visual Mm. like it was very easy to picture what was happening yeah that's why I think it would translate well to film (laughs) I I remember getting like sucked into the book and totally absorbed in the world like getting Mm -hmm. fully lost in it yeah I think it's it'll be interesting because we're talking it up without really remembering it and then to see (laughs) so tune in next week to see were our expectations met or are we both horrendously tragically crushed (laughs) be so sad i know come on with tons of ice cream (laughs) (laughs) the podcast is just like the sound of like spoons of hitting a bowl so you just eat ice cream and cry exactly. for a lost childhood memory. <laughs> yeah, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. All right. Well, do you have a rec for us this week? Um, <laughs> Look around your room. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> really scrape them up. Put them on the barrel here. Uh, I, I recommend just uh, a little bit. What? I just like have snorted. I was laughing so oh. hard. I'm just gonna pick something up off my table here. I recommend clear gel tacky glue. <laughs> <laughs> Works real well. <laughs> Haven't had a problem with it yet. Great for all your crafting needs. Clear gel. Tacky glue. <laughs> I should have taken a sip of my drink. <laughs> oh, the brand is Aileen's Original. A L E E N E apostrophe S. There you go, folks. <laughs> in the market for craft glue. Game. Find it at your local Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> we'll take a picture of it for Instagram. <laughs> Show notes. Recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than 
of your water recommendation. <laughs> that was a great recommendation. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, the other thing I have at hand is Spring Battle Valley Calcium, Magnesium, and Zinc supplements. <laughs> Plus vitamin D3. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, what do you recommend? <laughs> oh, oh, you judger of recommendations. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I thought about my recommendation slightly longer <laughs> than you did. How dare you? <laughs> Well, because I keep getting so distraught that I like forget and I have to come up with something on the fly. So I actually remembered today. A small miracle. Um, so I got this um, honey lip scrub from Sephora the other day and it's like a lip balm and it has like little scrubby things in it, like, mm-hmm, like, like a sugary type, like, like the little like, granules. Yeah. yeah. And it's delightful. Lovely. And it comes in a variety of flavors. Personally, I think mine is more practical, but okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yours is more practical. (laughs) Mine's more pampering. Unless crafting is how you pamper yourself. (laughs) Which is fair. Now, what can you craft with tacky glue, my friend? (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you asked. I most recently used it. (laughs) I legit want to know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I used it to apply um, faux leather to the inside of my wooden box that I use as a dice tray for Dungeons and Dragons. Would you like Ooh, to see it? I would love to see it. That'll, you know, that this makes the recommendation even better because we can, if you don't mind, include a picture of this. Ooh, that's lovely. So when you roll your dice, they don't go on the floor. They stay in the box. And the faux leather sticks with clear gel tacky glue. <laughs> We would be the perfect people to do infomercials. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) All right, Abby, wrap us up. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Join us next week for the Sherwood Ring. Um, Good luck finding a copy and reading it in the week. (laughs) Chop, chop. (laughs) And uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and email us the September Sisters Pod. No, no the. Just September <laughs> Sisters Pod. <laughs> and have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.